I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic and welcome to episode 33 ever a trucha tree of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, go to www bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and today I'm joined by Kerry Garfield who's producing a documentary on a woman called Moira Fajin on Inish Man on the Aran Islands. Well Kerry, can you tell you? Thank you, Ma'am. Can you tell you? Sure, Rose. How are you and how are you so well? Thomas Amala a Gundentlar in Archdarvan Mullock, so uh, you know, Marshall Tice got to go with me in Arch Ard, I guess, Ryark all in the gum, er in the hill on Arran, er uh, 12 pins in Alia, so Tan Green is Tan and Newsern, so she and Jess are fadding you. So that to a mess of where in Will? Neil Mudge. No, Neil, okay. Tommy, he's an actual creature, because we're in the spawn of Shin. So, after uh, oh, saying Mariala go and major er crick ard, thon rark all in shogun. So, okay. all jazz cha. Oh, gahanin. So we'll switch over. So, Kerry, t- <laughs> tell me again. Um, where are you in the world? I'm in. I'm at home in County Clare, in uh, my hometown Mullock. So Mullock meaning the summit or the top of the hill. Uh, we're here on the top of a nice little hill with a lovely view of the Aran Islands, the cliffs of Moher, the 12 Pins Mountains in Galway, and the sun is shining on us. A beautiful day. Oh, it's beautiful. It is just lovely out in the coast. And I know when I drive from Limerick and we start going through Ennis, where I grew up and past Ennis, uh, you start getting a bit of a different atmosphere to the place. And then when you reach the coast, it's a lovely thing. So you said Beautiful. you can you can see the Aran Islands. So that'll be basically our focus today. So mm-hmm. just put it on the map, Kerry, because not everybody would have any clue about the Aran Islands if we start just start talking about them. So okay. what are they? Where are they? Uh, there are three islands off the coast of Clare. They're actually in Galway Bay, just off the coast of Clare. And geographically, they would be part of the Burren in North Clare. They're the same kind of limestone rocks and uh, the same look to them. But they're actually, they're part of Galway County, you know, on the map Mm -hmm. there. Uh, And they're very, they're very much staunch Galway supporters and all that. So definitely Galway. (laughs) And like, it is a Gaeltacht, isn't it? It is, yes. The three of them are, yeah. And beautiful Irish spoken there. Yeah, lovely. Um... So I spent a, a night over on Inishir, uh last February, and that was freezing. We were out in a tent, but we were <laughs> out at uh, Father Ted Fest. So oh yes, it, yeah, it's a great crack. <laughs> there was a lot of nuns and priests running around. <laughs> uh, and if anybody has is listening and hasn't heard of Father Ted, it's an old TV series. It's starting to get old now. It is. Uh, it was uh, produced by Channel Four, I think, in the UK. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, I'd say, a bit controversial at the time, wasn't it? Mm. And uh, they're su- 
they're kind of supposed to be on one of the Aran Islands in a sheer since, well, at least they talk about being on an island and they show in a sheer in the, at the start of the show. So we'll assume that they're there. <laughs> but it's great fun. And then I spent uh, three weeks on Inishman when I was younger. It was like a Irish college course you go uh, during the summer. And oh I particularly liked it because Inishman is I I would say the quieter of the three islands. The other two would be more touristy. Would you think that, Kerry? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's very right. quiet. So um, you're to we'll give more information at the end of the episode. But pretty much, you're looking to do a documentary out on Inishman. So give me a bit of background. Um, you're a, a student. You're a filmmaker, and how does that feed into the Aran Islands? <laughs> okay, well, um, what happened was I spent the last four years living in San Francisco and uh, I was doing a little bit of uh, documentary making and photography out there and I really wanted to come home to Ireland and get back in touch with my culture and my language. Mm. And uh, I thought now is the time to get fluent in Irish and I'd always loved the Iron Islands. We used to go to Inishir when I was a kid in the summers and uh, I'd been to Inishman just once one night two years ago and fell in love with the place. Everyone was so nice to me. I went into the pub there. There's only one pub in the island and everyone is inside in it and they're just chatting <laughs> away and everyone was so generous with their Irish and willing to listen to my broken, broken Irish. And hmm. um, I just decided that's it. I'm leaving San Francisco and I'm moving to Inishman, which was a bit of a culture shock, <laughs> but uh, that's what I did. And I had uh, the good fortune to, um, move in with this lovely lady Maura Foggy um, mm. and she took me into her home for five months in the end it was and taught me all the Irish I have now so mm. and uh, where the filmmaking came about I really wanted to go back to school I think it's something that really gives you focus and there's this fantastic course it's run by Nemeton TV studios down in Ring in County Waterford in conjunction with WIT the Waterford Institute of Technology mm. and they teach one year intensive uh very hands-on production course for television and it's completely through the Irish language so I thought that's the that's the course for me and the end of the year we get to make a number of documentaries or different you know, dramas or whatever it may be and so I thought you know here it is this, this is my chance to make a documentary about this wonderful woman in Lillishman so that's how hmm. it came about. So, and how did that happen were you put in contact with Marta Fajin? Yes, because um, she's she's kind of she's a living legend on the island, and I <laughs> I I got I made I called a couple of people in Anishman and was inqu inquiring as to who would be um, interested in having a lodger for the summer, you know, and mm. and I was told I have the ideal woman. Let me just call up and see, and um, I I gave her a phone call one day and she said to me, "Oh, you fantastic Irish!" That was that was it. She's <laughs> she's very very welcoming and. Um, yeah, she'd, she'd draw Irish out of anybody. And she's had, I mean, she's had people come from Japan to, to, to stay with her and learn Irish and from America, from all over. She's a wonderful woman. Mm. So the at least your working title of the documentary seems to be Kehi Marafajin, who is Marafajin. So That's can it, you give yeah. us a bit of a taster? Like, who is this legend? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's someone that would certainly be known in the Aran Islands. But outside of that, there'd be friends of hers that have visited her over the years and maybe the general public doesn't really know much about her so that's the idea behind this of why I want to introduce her to um the general public and um she's a lady that 
was born and raised on Inishman and she emigrated to Boston, I think around 1960. And she spent eight years working there, learned English there mm. and um, moved back then to Inishman in the late 60s. And at the time, there was no parochial house. There was nowhere for the priest to stay when he came to the island, which he would have done, you know, once a week or something to say mass. Mm. So she had the priest staying with her and you know, then other priests started coming on holidays, then visitors started coming and that's how she started doing B&B. And just over the years, there's been, I mean, there's been, there's a friend of ours now, Pruncius O'Driscoll, he's a, an Irish lecturer. He's visited her over 50 times now just mm-hmm. to just to spend time with her and chat because she's she's such a wonderful character. She's so warm and she's, she's such a store of Irish to this, you know, all the old words and for people who have an interest in Irish culture and language, she really is a legend and she's so vital to uh, the the spoken language, I think. Hmm. Interesting. So obviously her first language was Irish. Yes. Um, do you think, um, I'll, I'll ask you more about this type of thing, but do you think there will be somebody like her now or into the future or like, are there are they basically bilingual growing up on Inishman now and how what's your impression of it? I think like you can say for a lot of the older generation here and probably in a lot of places, I don't think you'll see the likes of her again. I think um she's really something special and uh, all that generation. I mean, there's no comparison with the way we're growing up now. Everyone has there's so much modern conveniences and technologies and 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 definitely Yes, everybody growing up in Inishman and, and anywhere else in the Gaeltacht at the moment would be bilingual. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it is a very, yeah, it's a, it kind of, she's special in that uh, respect, you know, and that generation would be unique in that respect, that there wouldn't have been, there, I mean, even even people um, just my parents' age, they wouldn't have had any English until they had to, had to go to the uh, mainland. That would have been their mm. first time. Yeah. And then, like her name, Moira Fajin. So, to, in English, that would mean Pajin's Moira or yes. Mary, if you want to change it. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think is is Pajin her dad or her uh, husband or? He he's her late husband, Pajin. Okay. Yeah. So she would have been, she would have been. I think Moira Hyun Hunuk would have been her name before she was married. Obviously, her. She, um, that would be her father's name, Hyon, and then his father, Hyunuk. So that would mm. have been what she was known as on the island before she married Pawjean. And then when she married Pawjean, she be she became known as Maura Fawjean. Uh, isn't stage. it great uh, how the, I guess, Connemara names uh, go, and it still goes like that. Yes. Uh, um, I wonder if it was like that across Ireland. It's not something I've really come across. But well, if, I'll tell you... Mm-hmm. It's it's only recently that I, I've started to realise how much Irish there is left in County Clare and how many mm. kind of expressions that we have and similarities. And I know, well, we don't speak Irish here in, in Mullock, but we do have a lady in the village called Mary Jimmy Joe because <laughs> we have so many sextons. If you called her Mary Sexton, no one would know who you were talking about. So we, do, we definitely have that tradition here going. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, and what kind of place? So you you spent you said five months with Moira Fajin. So yeah, what kind of house does she have? What what's the kind of setup? Uh, the setup is a two story house, and it kind of had uh, I think a little bit built onto the back of it at some stage, 
and she would have had guest rooms upstairs and that. So um, and a dining room at the front and a little kitchen at the back. And you're looking down the view over the over the island down to the pier from the back window. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I just rented a room upstairs and I went out for my walks every day and I'd come in and I'd uh, talk to her about who I'd met and what new words I'd picked up or what would you call this type of a plant and we'd get the dictionaries out and spend about two or three hours chatting and she'd, she'd be teaching me everything then, you know? Yeah. So. And is she the kind of lady where, like you listed, you said there's lecturers and mm. uh, you've written that there's poets visiting people from uh, different countries. Yeah. How do they, is it structured? Like does she offer classes or it's much more, you just sit down in her kitchen and have a cup of tea and talk to her? Yeah, it's the latter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she's. Uh, I, I think it's just she's just a very relaxed and warm person. And when she when she started doing B and B, I think just certain people really warmed to her and just started coming back and and saying it to friends of theirs. And you'd often hear that that someone would even come in and they'd only be on the island for the day, just walking around, and they'd call in and say, "Hi, I'm a friend of such and such a lady," and she said to come in and say hello. And Maura would know straight away who you're talking about. And oh, hasn't she, isn't she living in Boston now? How is she getting on? You'll have a cup of tea. So that in that way, she's very known um, through kind of people passing on information about her like that. But also, she's been very photographed. She's in a, a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, just renowned photographers passing through and uh, calling in to see her. And you know, she's kind of. You'd be surprised if you looked into it. How many how many times you've probably seen her image without knowing it. Hmm. And the five months that you spent with her, so uh, was there any structure to it? Like, did you just spend five months there and go out every day or how did it work out? I decided I was going to move there and I found a a little job in a restaurant and I just said, Grant, that'll do me lovely and went out. So I was working and I'd come home and chat to her then and I had weekends off. So I'd come home to Claire every now and again because, you know, I hadn't seen my family very much in the four years I'd been away. Mm. Uh, so that was important too but yeah I tried to spend a lot of time there and just uh, really appreciate the island the quietness of it the beauty of it and uh, the different kind of pace you know there's a there's Mm. a different feel when you're on a little island you know there's a Mm. yeah things are different you know there mightn't be milk in the shop because the boat hasn't come in yet you know and you you just (laughs) you have to adjust to kind of a different pace of life I suppose what's to give people a bit of context what's the setup you arrive um on the little ferry Mm. on the island Uh, you arrive at the pier and what's in front of you what's it like is it touristy it's not it's not touristy it's definitely the quietest of the three islands most tourists would go to the big island in Ishmore and then the more the easterly island in Ishir uh, would get this uh, the next biggest number of tourists so when you arrive in Anishman you're really greeted by a whole load of islanders who are probably welcoming back family members who've been in Galway for the day or you know people have been in doing the shopping and that and then uh, you meet kind of the local taxi drivers who will be there offering you taxi service up to the middle of the island because unlike the big island in the Inishmore and Inishir when you get there you're half an hour's walk from the main village so it, it huh. it's very different in that respect you know um they have a nice new pier, very safe, secure pier, but it is a half hour walk away from everything else. So you get a lot of people who are really into uh, walking and adventuring and they'll just scramble off the ferry and 
you know, set out walking these little boreens and looking at the the limestone in the fields and yeah, and then the rest of people are there on a relaxing weekend and they'll take the taxi up to one of the B and B's. So You can rent bikes, can't you? Or can you? I yes, you can. You can rent bikes, but uh that's up you'll have to get up to the village kind of first to do that. Somebody should actually set up something where they're down at the pier with bikes because it would be very handy. Oh, they and have it li- sussed out. Now. <laughs> yeah. Out in uh, in this year, they definitely have it all sussed out. As do, soon yeah. as you land, yeah, you're offered everything. <laughs> um, you have a teaser on the page that we link to where you're trying to get to do this documentary with Marta mm. Fajin. And I noticed that there was a title and it says Maher Vwernach in Ishmian. Do you have yeah. any idea what does that mean, Maher Vwernach? Well, I was trying to think of something that would kind of it's it, beloved mother of Inishman is what mm. it is Maher Vornach. and I was just trying to think of something that would because uh, that's not going to be the title for the show the show is going to be titled Kehi Morafogin as it's given us an introduction to this lady but uh, just for the little taster of her I wanted something that would kind of encompass who she is and how many people she has kind of influenced and because I certainly found her as a a beloved sort of a mother figure to me when I was there. I was away, you know, was living in a different place and she took me in and was it was there for me in in every respect. And I'd come home tired from work and then I could I could uh chat away to her and and she's been that for a lot of people. So that's why I chose the Maher Vornach, the beloved mother Finnish hmm. man. Okay, okay. So that makes sense to me. Like a Vorna or a Vorna um would be like a a loving expression wouldn't it be like my dear yeah. or something yes uh, okay uh, what kind of people did you bump into uh, when you were working at the restaurant were they all people off from the mainland or from yeah, other countries yeah a lot of a lot of people from other countries a lot of people from uh, america and kind of switzerland a lot of people from switzerland for some reason i don't know mm. What sort of promotion the Iron Islands have gone on in Switzerland, mm-hmm. but the Swiss, the Swiss love coming, and and a lot of people from Ireland and and that you know people just wanted to get away and see some of this remote beauty that you have out there, you know. Mm. I'd say so. not, even a lot of Irish people probably don't even appreciate what it's like and the cultural richness that's out there. They just might know of something out in the Iron Islands somewhere out in yeah. the Atlantic. Um, I noticed too, I was watching the teaser for your documentary and uh, I just noticed from Moira Fajin's house, there's all the traditional uh, religious kind of icons. Oh, yeah. There's like yeah. a, there's a statue. Um, she's talking about being at mass and stuff like that. So I was just wondering, what's your view of religion's role like in her life or uh, on the island? Well, I suppose for her, it's, it's you know, it, it has been an important part of her life because, as I say, she always did keep the priests. Um, she would have them coming over once a week to do mass, say, and then there could be bad weather and they could be uh, stranded on the island for up to a week or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays you think, God, what what an imposition like this. But she just said, oh, we had, we had to find... We had to find meat from somewhere and we found it and uh, those priests were fed. And I guess when you're dealing with uh, someone, with a priest or that, you know, 
it's someone who's respected in society and important to their uh, to the life on the island and and that. Mm. So she she probably um, was quite honoured to to look after them and and that. Um, and I suppose times like that, you know, even thinking of my grandmother who was very 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 religious and went to mass every single day and and that, you know times were a lot harder back then and they they really needed something to believe in you know so mm. I suppose religion has been important for for Mora and for a lot of people in rural Ireland. Mm, interesting uh, just when you're talking about like hard times like the Iron Islands would have been I guess traditionally uh, fishermen right so is there much yes. fishing still happening uh, there, by the there's, islanders? There's a little bit I, I know I've talked to some islanders who are saying you know that they're worried about the way it's going because uh, maybe there's not as many young people interested in it now. You know, uh, mm. I, I can't speak for Inish Shear and Ishmore, um, but uh, I know that, you know, things are changing like they're changing everywhere uh, in, in Ireland. So I don't know if there's as many, there certainly aren't as many people fishing as there, as there would have been traditionally. And of mm. course you would have had the, the Curricks, I mean, what a beautiful little, those little, little uh, flimsy kind of boats by today's standards. And, mm. you know, there's not, a, there's not many people using them anymore, you know, mm. so. Um, so you mentioned you spent, uh, I think, four years in San Francisco. That's right. Um, what perspective did that give to you, like, about your Irishness? And did you connect much with Irish people out there? Well, I tell you, it was... It was the best thing I ever did going out there because honestly, people say you need to go away sometimes to appreciate what you have at home. But I really, really, I was able to do that in San Francisco. It's such a, it's such a mix of people from everywhere. And I think the first year I was there, I just didn't, I wanted to kind of get away and just, you know, not hang around with all Irish people all the Mm. time. You know, that whole cliched thing of, you know, you leave Ireland and you're straight into the Irish pub, but Mm. After a while, I, I really started missing home and I started missing the Irish language very mm. much. And uh, I can honestly say San Francisco is where I learned the, the bulk of my Irish and uh, just from online. So I know a lot of your listeners here, you know, they're they're probably doing the similar thing uh, over in the States or wherever they may be. And there's so many resor- resources now for it. And so I, I really reconnected with my culture when I was out there. I started learning Irish and I picked up Irish music and started playing, um, mm. which is something I hadn't done since I was a little kid. And I just got to meet the whole Irish diaspora out there. Um, and there's so many fantastic people in San Francisco uh, and great musicians and people who are really into the culture. And I think in general, Americans are just very, they're very appreciative of the kind of mix of people that make up America and what what all these different people bring, you know. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, it can really, it really made me appreciate what we have here. So hmm. thank you. Uh, thank you, San Francisco. Yeah, cool. <laughs> what um, a musical instrument did you pick up? Uh, the flute, the flute and the tin whistle. Mm-hmm. So I would have played, uh, I would have played when I was a kid and I hadn't, hadn't in years. So it was nice to, it's a great cultural thing and you get to meet so many people, you know, so it's wonderful. Yeah, really nice. Uh, I couldn't uh, go past San Francisco without mentioning there's an immersion weekend there every year. Uh, there is. I think around September every year. So if you're anywhere around uh, San Francisco, it's worth uh, doing a bit of research into if you can spend a bit of time. And I'll just say that if you feel like you're a beginner and that you're just not good enough to do take on something like this, 
you might be surprised. You'll pick up some words and you'll get encouragement and you might make some contacts as well. So it'd be re really worth uh, looking into if you can. So, uh, uh, oh yeah, when you came back to Ireland, did you keep playing the traditional music? Uh, yeah, I, I play a good bit. We've been, I'm home here now for the Christmas, so we've had some lovely nights down. Um, my parents have a pub at O'Looney's Bar just down the road from us here, and mm. we're playing a lot of music in there. And I actually play the music on the, the trailer that I've made about Maura. I, the music on that is oh, myself excellent. and my boyfriend, Pat. Excellent. So, well, yeah. yeah, we'll be, at the end of the show, I'll be mentioning how to find out about that and with a linky to it. Excellent, yeah. That's really Thank nice. You. And is it uh, something that you record otherwise? Like, do you sell your music or just show up at sessions at the pub? Or yeah, more of more of a more of a casual <laughs> musician. Uh, show up at sessions and um, play with neighbours and friends around around Mullock here. And uh, yeah, it's a lovely it's a lovely thing. And again, like like going out there to Inishman and meeting more forging. It's a lovely way of connecting with the older generation as well. Um, my favorite favorite person to play music with is uh, my neighbor here, Francis Dooley. Um, who I, I, well, God, he's kind of ageless, but I suppose he must be in the seventies. Okay. I don't know, but uh, he plays the tin whistle and he's self-taught and he's oh, he's he's such a, an inspiration. So you get to meet all those kind of people, people maybe you wouldn't have had something in in common with before, but the music ties everybody together. Mm. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just before we finish up and hear a little more about the documentary, what do you think uh, lies in store for Inishmian into the future? God, I, I don't know. I think they definitely need, there needs, there needs to be more work out there. There just, there just isn't enough at the moment. And I, I don't know, mm. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to speak for the people of the island because it's not, mm. uh, it's not my position, but I know people are worried about um, if they don't get together somehow and provide something to keep people on the island, it's, uh, it's not looking good. And I know that's the situation everywhere. I mean, my own, my hometown here, the only thing that's uh, keeping people employed is the fact that they can drive to Limerick for work, you know, and if you're on an island, you've, to, it's a whole different ball game. So I, I, I can't say what's what's in store for them, but I would hope that uh, that um, you know people people continue to live there. And I know they have they have a fantastic secondary school there. And um, in the past, it used to be that once you reach secondary school age, you had to leave the island, go to the mainland, and this was you know obviously a very hard thing for families and uh, to be cut off from their children like that. Mm -hmm. And now you have this wonderful secondary school, and you have actually kids from the mainland going out and staying with families in Inishman so that they can uh, become fluent in Irish and get their education in the secondary school there so oh, I didn't realize that yeah yeah that's it's very good and they, they actually do um they have a run a, mar a kind of a is it a 10k or something coming up in March I think it's somewhere around the 14th of March the Inish Irish Inish Iron Man so is the mm. run so that's an aid of the secondary school as well so that's worth checking out I might be having a look into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us, um, this Kehi Myra Fajin is your documentary and it's not mm -hmm. shot yet, is it? No, we'll be going out there in February with the hope, help of God now, uh, 2nd of February or something like that. Um, second week of February and shooting for five days. Okay. And um, 
you're looking for support and we bite size is going to help you out a little and we want to get our listeners to help out too so what's the story there it's a bit of crowdfunding isn't it it is and crowdfunding is fantastic i'm with the i have the project on fundit.ie so f-u-n-d-i-t.ie and um we have a trailer up and some information about the program and what's going to be in the finished 25 minute uh, biopic about Mora and um, it's great rewards. Um, then, and you can fund anything from, I think, 10 euro, 25 euro, 50 euro, all the way up to if you want to be an executive producer and give me 200 euro for the project, mm-hmm. you could do that too. Um, so yeah, that's we're, we're just trying to cover the production costs of getting our crew uh, to the island and um, you know obviously travel accommodation food and looking after our guests and people who are you know going to be people have been very good to us on the island and really um, open to being part of this so we want to make sure everyone you know has their expenses covered and mm. so um, that's what we're looking for and as Definitely. it is a student mm-hmm. uh, project we don't have the we don't have the means of doing that ourselves so that's why I'm going the crowdfunding route. Mm, well, fair play to you. Now, there's a time deadline to this, isn't there? By when does somebody have to help out if they want to help out with Funded.ie? It is, there's 23 days left to go on the on the Funded campaign. And when the thing about it is... What, what date is that? Because this won't be published immediately. It's the 3rd now. So looking at the 26th of January would be, the 25th of January is probably the last day that uh, okay. you can get to fund it. 25th of January uh, 2015 and uh, how to do that um, I'd say the easiest way because we're not sure about the URL to find your project page but definitely come to bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and all you need to do is find episode 33 and right there in the show notes um, we'll have a link to fundit.ie now when you go to fundit.ie when you reach the project page there's a, a funded button and when you click that you'll be asked to register and when you've registered then you can give your donation I think just so everybody knows uh, how the process works out. Does that sound right? Yeah that's it absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well good to have to say thanks a lot as we finish up. It's been great talking to you. Yeah and you thank you very yeah. much for for this opportunity it's been lovely. Yeah definitely. Um, I, I want to just um, get our listeners to help uh, carry with the documentary. It sounds excellent and we just want to be sure that this piece of Irish culture will get out there and get published and um, maybe we can hear about how it'll do when it is actually public somehow. So do you think, Kerry, will it be online or will people be able to pay to watch it or do you have anything in, in store? Well, one of the one of the rewards, if you fund fifty euro, you get um, photos from shooting on location in Anishman, your name in the end credits, and you get a DVD copy after it's released. Ah, and I would hope that it would be broadcast. I know I haven't talked to TG Kahar yet, but um, TG Kahar have done such amazing things for for our language and have wonderful documentaries. So if I did manage to convince them to, to put it to put it out I would be thrilled to be considered you know up there with with some of their great work um yeah and I think we're, we'll we'll do 
we'll put, try and put it out there in as many as many avenues as possible. So, and I can definitely keep people informed about that. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, we will let people know if we find out any information into the coming year. Kerry mm-hmm. will uh, share it on the podcast as well. So and just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry to drop, but just the the wonderful thing about funded is once you fund a project you're kept up to date on any activity about mm. that project so um you, you you know all about if it's coming out if there's a preview and all those kind of things so it's brilliant well, excellent well there you go so just the url again is bitesizeirishgaelic.com uh, forward slash podcast and go to episode 33 now if you're loving this show the best you can do is uh, for us is to come to itunes and leave us a written five star uh, review and I wanted uh, to say hi to Kirsty, who sent us a Twitter, uh, a tweet on Twitter, and she said, uh, two wonderful Celtic podcasts in one, uh, Bite Size Irish Gaelic uh, podcast and the Mark Gunn uh, music podcast where we had uh, interviewed him, and she called it Celtic Thursday, because it must be Thursday when uh, Mark Gunn's podcast comes out too, and it's really good. You get from an hour to two hours of traditional Irish music with kind of different flavors and uh, different categories of music it's really worth looking into and subscribe to that podcast so if you want to send any listener questions to us you can do so just email info at bitesizeirishgaelic.com thanks to Tsukuma from Japan for their music which you hear um, on this episode under a creative commons uh, license so Kerry Gurmil Mahagut again thank you Gurmil Mahagut and until the next episode, Slán Gafol. Bye for now.